generate is supporting my vision to improve the financial literacy of 100,000 Kiwis by sponsoring Keep the Change. Cheers, Generate. Head to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to find out more. Getting in the KiwiSaver fund that suits you and your situation is key to making sure you're maximising your investment. Generate are an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of long-term performance and they can help you do exactly this. Their advisors can meet with you to talk about all your options when it comes to KiwiSaver to help you decide what's best for you. Too many people never get KiwiSaver advice, but not you. Go to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to book a no-obligation chat with a Generate advisor. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited. And of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Welcome back. You were listening to another episode of the Keep the Change podcast. Shit, it is good to have you tuning in. As always, ready to learn something about the economy, about the way New Zealand works, money, finances, how we can get ahead, because shit, there's not many other people out there trying to teach us and show us how we can do exactly that. I hope you have been enjoying the recent content. The podcasts have been going off with Mikey. There's been some amazing feedback coming through, which is always good to see, and I appreciate it. It gives me... And also, Mikey, the, the energy to, to carry on. You can become a little bit blasé to it as it goes on. I mean, we're a couple of years deep now, and there's um, you know, a lot of messages, which is really cool, and emails and things. But um, every now and then, some of them sort of really hit the spot. And there was someone who lost their job this week um, during COVID due to their uh, flight attendant. And I posted up the, um, the email as a Facebook post and an Instagram post, and They've got into the, the mortgage advisory space and they're having a crack and trying to you know get into a different vehicle effectively and keep going. There were shades of, you know, I feel like, well, what's the point of all of this? Just giving up as such and just, you know, not uh, not getting too inspired to get into a decent job and whatnot. And through some of the content, it's given them the energy and the motivation to, to keep having a crack, which is always good to see. And you know, Mike and I share those things between ourselves and that inspires us and comes up and, you know, we also come up with different topics and things like that too. Uh, and then we keep the, the weekly Friday lessons rolling on. And I had a look at the stats recently and over 10,000 listeners per month, which is pretty bloody exciting. That is, that's a fair few Kiwis tuning in and listening to what you know a lot of people wouldn't give a shit about. They don't care about, it's too hard, they don't want to um, get into financial literacy and things like that. So it's not sexy, is it? It's not, oh, let's talk about the All Blacks, you know, and we'll probably be able to blow that thing up to 100,000 listeners pretty bloody quickly. But you know, it's awesome to have you guys here and, and wherever you are in the country, especially if you're, you're new tuning in, good on you. And remember that this is a marathon, not a sprint. And um, one of the people who I know who does very well in their life actually said to me, I get a lot out of this content because it's a good reminder to do the basics right and keep doing those things uh, before you go too far down the path. So, you know, whatever stage you're at, we can all learn from each other and from uh, different ideas and content and that's the idea of Money Mail was to have a reminder for you every Friday that you want to be thinking about your money and you want to be thinking about what you're doing and what you're going to be doing this 
coming weekend and <clears throat> excuse me and thinking about your budget and what things you've got coming up that you've got to budget for and are you investing anything what about your KiwiSaver what about your assets what about your liabilities what about your debt can you get on uh, on top of this shit because I think a lot of financial products they're, they're sort of set and forget so here's a credit card from the bank and you never hear from them again do you unless they're going to increase your limit they're not actively calling you going hey um how are you getting on with that do you, you know do you want to pay that down a little bit that doesn't really happen your KiwiSaver same sort of thing right set it up and then oh don't look back at it until you're going to a buy a house or you're going to retire and there's not many reminders in our life of, hey, what are you doing? What are you thinking about with your finances? And that's where I think the weekly money mail and this content is there to keep you thinking about this stuff. And then secondly as well, I hope you've got a calendar reminder for at the end of each month to go through and build out a statement of financial position, which calculates your net worth, which is a balance sheet and some other terms. So if we remove all that wanky terminology, it is basically what assets do you have? What liabilities do you have? Are you growing assets and decreasing liabilities? Those are two great goals to have. So rip into that. Also, uh, a lot of new people or newish people to Instagram and whatnot, awesome to have them over there too. If you're not following on Instagram, I, or I try and crank out heaps of content over there when I'm not too busy doing other things and I've been a little bit quieter in my other areas of my life at the moment, so I've been going pretty hard on the content over there. Uh, also, if you're on TikTok, be careful. There's a fake keep the change profile rolling around of me. They've blocked me so I can't report them. That seems to be the, it's quite a smart play from them because you can only report people that are famous, I think, uh, or like tell them that someone's impersonating that someone that's famous, but because keep the changes in a verified blue tick account, I can't actually go through and do that because A, they've blocked me, and then B, if you tried to report it, it says who are they trying to impersonate, and you can't choose me because I'm not cool enough yet. So tough times out there, people, but uh, hopefully no one gets ripped off by some piece of shit who needs to listen to the Ram Raid mentality that will release soon that is... Uh, you know, an understanding of if you go down the route of lying, cheating and stealing, well shit, it doesn't end up, end up well and eventually the scales of life will um, snap in half and they will smack you in the head ultimately to your death or your inability to trust yourself because you are acting like a piece of shit throughout your life. So uh, some hard hitting language there but I'm sure you'll enjoy that podcast when it comes out. It's a good reminder for all of us to try and stay above the line and not fall into the trap of trying to take shortcuts because the reason that people lie, cheat and steal is because they've already quit. They've already quit on themselves, they've already quit on the way that they could actually get ahead without impacting and hurting other people, so they've taken the shortcut. So that's a real shame that people choose that path and quit so early rather than digging in and having a crack at the alternative way that most of us are trying to live by. But anyway, into this week and we, uh, oh sorry, the final thing I was going to mention uh, see, I should make some notes instead of just talking for six minutes of just a whole heap of random shit that's sort of floating around in my brain. The final point, and this is the main point that I wanted to make, a couple of people asking me like, hey, do you have a podcast about XYZ? Now, if you go into, say, Spotify, where you listen to your podcast or wherever you do, firstly, A, could you please give us a five-star review? That's then going to help this content get in front of more people. There's 243 there at the time of recording this. If you go and listen to this podcast today, I would love you to just to take five seconds and actually... Click on that five star because you never know who this is going to get in front of. But if you search like keep the change, someone said yesterday, hey, do you know, do you have some books that you'd suggest reading in your life? And so if you search keep the change books, then it comes up with a podcast, mind-blowing books to read. And I was able to send that link over them to over to them to have a listen to. So um, yeah, maybe you want to find a, a topic that I may have written about. You could try searching... Um, keep the change saving for instance then it comes up with 
uh, a few of the different podcasts that are around saving. So that could be a way to find something if you are new around here and you want to kind of grab a specific topic that I may or may not have spoken about or Mikey and I might have done a podcast on. But uh, this week we are into having a little look at some of the days off that we get in New Zealand. So a little bit of change, tact a little bit. And But again, we make it back to uh, a way that we can be thinking about increasing our income. So this week, do you love a day off? Before we get started this week, let's have a quick look at why you get Monday off, or why you got Monday off, sorry. So that was Labor Day, if you're listening to this, um, you know, ages down the track. Now, I acknowledge that not all of you would have had Labor Day off, and some of you would have been hustling and working, and you would have been forced to, it was compulsory or whatever. But Monday was a public holiday for a lot of New Zealand, so very quiet around the country. Now, I'm always interested in seeing if people know what Labor Day is about. It seems it isn't well known, but people love a day off. Now, I learned about this in New Zealand studies of all things, I think in fourth form, which would be year uh, 10? Yeah, year 10 These in this day and age. And I think we called it year 10 when I was there too, actually, so I don't know why I call it fourth form. But anyway, from the New Zealand history, and I could never remember like all of the details of what this was about. So even I have to go back and read it, I think, just about every year. But I love asking younger people, hey, do you know what Labor Day is about? And basically... They don't even try and guess, they're just like, oh, and it, I find it interesting because it's one of those public holidays where it seems like people don't even, they don't even try to, they, they just have the day off, but they've got no fucking idea what it's actually about or why, or it's like, like they haven't even thought about what this day means at all, or like, oh, is this a trick question? So uh, let's all quickly get some understanding of that and then you might be able to smack this one in a pub trivia quiz or something like that so from the New Zealand history site which I assume taxpayers pay to run I don't know but there is a New Zealand history site Labor Day commemorates the struggle for an eight-hour working day New Zealand workers were among the first in the world to claim the right and uh, this right when in 1840 the carpenter Samuel Parnell won an eight-hour day in Wellington Labor Day was first celebrated in New Zealand on 28th of October 1890 workers in some industries had long enjoyed an eight-hour day it was not a legal entitlement however unionists wanted the liberals I don't even know what those two words mean but you are political loving people probably will to pass legislation enforcing an eight-hour day for all workers but the government was reluctant to antagonize the business community sounds like it's still kind of the same sort of thing today right we're worried about what the old uh, business community will say and we have to introduce these types of things and the liberals went on to make labor day a holiday the labor day act of 1899 created a statutory public holiday on the second wednesday in october first celebrated in 1900 so a shit load of years ago the holiday was mondayized in 1910 and since then it has been held on the fourth monday in october so there we have it you enjoy your eight hour day each day and it's probably courtesy of samuel parnell and that is why you get Labor Day off as well. Now, these days, we're obviously in a completely different world. And back in 1890 and 1840, because New Zealand workers were among the first in the world to claim this eight-hour working day right in 1840. That is so long ago. That is nearly coming up 200 years ago. Now, these were obviously pre-internet days and obviously very, very physical type work back then, so you could see why they were advocating for such a, a shorter day. But I wonder what Samuel Parnell would say about the way some of us office junkies work these days. He'd probably think, holy shit, you've got no idea how hard we had it. And he'd probably be saying, look, some of you should be doing a bloody 15-hour day the way uh, your, your lives are. But um, I think it was kind of that concept, right, of like eight hours of sleep, eight hours of work, and then eight hours with your family was sort of that, um, you know, how to balance up your your day and looking after yourselves. And, you know, there's a lot of importance to that. But, you know, these days, there's that concept of work-life balance. 
and maybe Mike and I could do a whole pot on that at some stage and and everyone's got their own definition of that and that's what I I struggle with those sorts of terms and even something like anxiety you know everybody's got their own definition of of what that is and I think those are those types of things where instead of actually being taught hey you should do some work and sit down and brainstorm what that means to you and then when you're going too far beyond it so your own definition of work-life balance of anxiety instead of just accepting what society tells you that definition is or what is being talked about at the time and you think like oh yeah I don't have any work-life balance oh yeah I've got massive anxiety because that person said that that's what's happening for them and that's the label that they put on it therefore I've got it too and those things are obviously very um, touchy and delicate subjects right but I think we should all, we all owe it to ourselves to actually understand ourselves enough to figure out, hmm, when is my work-life balance, when is that thing, whatever that thing means to you, when is that getting out of check a little bit and how can I keep an eye on that and what things could I put in place to try and understand that? What about anxiety levels, for instance, if we just stay of that same theme? You know, when when is that actually a real thing for me versus, or is this just a consequence of, the consumption of alcohol or being around that specific person uh, or being stressed or being in an environment where I'm a bit uncomfortable or something like that. So instead of putting the term anxiety on like every single weird feeling that we have, we're like, no, actually, I'm just a little bit nervous in this situation or or it's going to be a bit weird to roll into that networking group or group of random people because I'm not really comfortable doing that and I feel a little bit awkward, but that's not is, is that anxiety to you? I, I don't know. And that's where you've got to then figure out your understanding of each of these different terms. But I don't know if Samuel Parnell and the crew back in the 1840s, if they were using the terminology work-life balance. But um, I think we should all, again, try and understand these from our own lens a little bit so that they're not so confusing when we start to read about them or get them pumped at us in the media or in different working environments and, and things like that. But in New Zealand, it seems that we are busier than ever and we're all talking about how busy we are and how there's so much going on and you know works uh, getting in the life of getting in the way of life and we're all pretty time poor and all these things but then we read oh actually we're pretty unproductive so okay maybe that stacks up you know we aren't getting as much output per hour compared to other nations like where does that go wrong how come we're so time poor and so busy um, but but also what we have to acknowledge is that we get given a lot of days off. So let me run you through them. Four weeks of annual leave, so that's 20 days of the year. Two weeks of sick leave now, so that's 10 days. One regional holiday, 11 public holidays, and 52 weekends, so that's 104 days. So you've got 20 days of annual leave, 10 days of sick leave, one regional holiday, 11 public holidays, so another 11 days, and then 104 weekends, hopefully. So that's 146 days where we don't necessarily need to be at work. If you divide that 146 by 365, that is 40% of the year. So people in full-time employment are not required to be at work 40% of the year. Now, of course, some people are going to argue and they're going to say, well, no, actually, I have to work on some of those days or those uh, weekends are days that I spend with my family. How can you put that into days that I'm not uh, working as such? But you aren't. And that is time that you could think about how you could use that to your advantage. The problem is that we don't get taught to think like that, we just simply get taught that those are days that you deserve off or that everybody gets off and that is just how it is and that's probably as far as our thinking goes. 
So of course not everyone gets their weekends off and some of us work on public holidays but this is often a wake up call to the fact that many of us have a lot of time away from work when we actually sort of think the other way that we're always at work and we are so busy due to our work and it's consuming our entire life. So we could choose to apply 10% of these days off to improving our knowledge, value or income. What could this do for you, your family or your community? Becoming more valuable is a choice and it isn't the responsibility of your employer or your customers. It is something that you have to do and that starts with a decision to actually do that and perhaps you could use some of those days that you were given off to be able to do that. Now life is busy and we need to figure out how we can fit this in, otherwise it won't happen and it doesn't happen, so use those 146 days wisely. Some of you will be able to work public holidays and those are the jackpot in employment because you'll get time and a half, which is a 50% increase on your usual pay rate. You'll also get those hours you worked as time and loo that you can take off at some stage or have paid out. Now imagine if you worked every public holiday for a couple of years to increase your income and then said right no more after that. That's not going to be for everyone but it is there as a way to increase your income. You don't need to start a side hustle or do anything like that or try and start a business or go above and beyond to try and mow Sally's neighbours lawns next door. You can simply just use those public holidays to your advantage. Now as a young fella I was always putting my hand up to work on public holidays. I worked in a distribution centre Uh, for a number of years and they were always short of people on the public holidays because uh, people got paid pretty well in there and they the the normal sort of nine to five or the 10 hour shifts actually there uh, those workers Monday to Friday they didn't want to do public holidays bugger that they wanted to spend it with their family and whatnot and it was quite hard physical work and so that that meant that there was always a shortage of people who wanted to work on public holidays and so uh, I was very smart back then and would put my hand up and be like yes I would like to make some extra cash and then I would get those hours as time and loo and they would normally just end up getting paid out as well. So I was absolutely creaming it. Now unfortunately that same smart version of me would then piss the extra income up against the wall instead of doing smart like investing it or paying down my debt. At least I paid down some of my student loan a bit faster with the forced repayments I guess. It wasn't all trickling down the wall. Now not many of us actually sit down and work out how we are going to use public holidays and weekends to our advantage. We have just been taught from a young age that this is a, quote, day off. Hey, maybe you need a day off or want to spend it with family and friends or doing something valuable to you and go you. I'm not here to convince you that you shouldn't be doing that, but I'm just saying that you could stop and think about what are you going to use all of those days off and is there a way that you can use those to your advantage to help improve the situation that you currently may be in, whether that's clearing some credit card debt that keeps fucking with your brain each week or getting rid of your buy now, pay later, Whatever it is, you can be using some of these days to your advantage. They are there and they can be maximised. So in a country where we don't teach people how to increase their income, this is an easy home run for people. I've had plenty of friends who go and help out at other jobs on public holidays as their employment may have been closed. Now, of course, a lot of businesses do shut down on public holidays and you can't, you think you can't make any money, but there will be other places where you could go and work for potentially just the day. Now this is where I understood this concept because in one of my very first jobs of being a young fella I could do this and I would think well you know what are other people doing on this day yep sometimes it would suck that we were driving to a distribution centre to pack orders for supermarkets around the lower North Island uh, at 6 in the morning and other people were probably going to be getting up at 10 in the morning but by uh, 10 a.m. I would have done four hours work, got time and a half for that, got those four hours in lieu as well. And often we'd finish by 2.30 and we'd still have the afternoon and still time to enjoy, you know, a bit of fun before 
either going back to work the next day or whatever it was. Maybe I was probably going to uni or uh, who knows. So just if you can't work in your role on a public holiday, maybe try and look at some of your friends who do work on public holidays or can and figure out is that something you could go and do on the odd, odd public holiday. And you know, say you only did two or three of them of the year, then at that time and a half plus the time in lieu, you, you just don't know what you're going to get paid for that. Now, a lot of businesses do have to keep rumbling on public holidays and they will pay through the teeth to have people come and do work. And so you want to try and find something like a distribution centre, for instance, where they have to keep going and it's high value work. It's not, uh, and with no disrespect, it's not you know minimum wage type work in a cafe or hospitality or something because they sort of begrudgingly have to um, you know, then charge a surcharge and whatnot. It's a, it's you're looking for a business that really has to keep rumbling on. It's important to have their staff there, and they need to keep the the machine going. So if you can try and get close to some friends that are involved in those types of businesses, you don't know what your opportunities are to earn a bit of cash on the side. So you could uh, think about that over the weekend and see if maybe there's an opportunity for you to use some of these public holidays to your advantage. Now, if you're at work for 60% of the year working on those people's dreams, so those usually your bosses or your employers or whoever you work for, usually you're contributing to what they're trying to achieve and their ultimate vision, right? And if that's 60% of your time working on their dreams, goals and vision, then at least spend some time thinking about how the 40% of time you get away from work can be used. How will you use your spare time to make uh, to, to be thinking about working on your dreams, goals and vision? This week's email is designed to get you to stop and actually think about this as, of course, is this podcast. Everything starts with a vision and a vision starts with a decision to make one. Over the long weekend, myself, I sat on the beach with my partner talking about the vision for our life and what things we want from it, what we could see, what would be exciting and how, uh, and how we could come to do those things. And, you know, it might just be looking at some of the houses up on uh, a clifftop, figuring out what the hell do those things actually cost and is that somewhere we could see ourselves living, for instance, actually have some of those conversations and then turn to your brain and get it to start to work for you on the how. How could you make this this happen? And you might even want to sit down and do some brainstorming of that, but you know that can often be a good way to fire you up to think about the things that you want to achieve over time. But of course, you have to actually make a decision to do these things. Otherwise, you're just contributing to somebody else's vision and life just goes past in the blink of an eye. So start to think about that. How can you do it and how can you achieve the vision? That's where you start to really get on the same page with A, yourself, and then B, your partner if you've got one as well and the people that are around you. So actually visualize the things you want and then figure out how you're going to do it and then start to take some action towards getting closer to them. Now sometimes uh, it's simply about squeezing the opportunities around us like using our time better, making more on a public holiday or committing to some sacrifice in the short term to get things you want in the long term. Enjoy your weekend and use it wisely. PSU are one of over 6,550 recipients and 10,000 podcast listeners. Do you know someone that you could share this with? Throw something up on your story or forward an email on. It would mean the world to me. This week's Did You Know the Ministry of Business, Innovation and Employment, so that's what the E was from last week that I couldn't remember. Uh, they recently estimated that a public holiday would cost the country 534,930 businesses apparently that's how many there are so close to 550,000 businesses uh, up to 448 million dollars a day a public holiday I've got no idea how they calculate that figure but this was getting thrown around a little bit recently with uh, the introduction of the Matariki holiday and then also the day off 
for the Queen as well and they always come back to what it's going to cost the business community. So uh, about $448 million per public holiday apparently but you want to figure out how you can use those public holidays to your advantage and help you make a little bit of extra cash. I hope you've enjoyed this week's lesson. We'll see you next week. Be good out there. Use your weekend wisely. Just any place. If you ain't doing nothing, let's fly away.